and welcome back to another episode of the Reconomy podcast, where we discuss economic issues that impact real estate, housing, and affordability. I am Odetta Kushi, Deputy Chief Economist at First American, and here with me is Mark Fleming, Chief Economist at First American. Hey, Mark, I think we're getting into some behavioral economics today. Hi, Odetta. Indeed, we are. We're tackling a theory that's commonly called the wealth effect. Um, and homeowners are more likely to sell their homes because they feel more wealthy when the value of their home goes up. That would make sense. You feel richer when your investment portfolio rises, you spend more. So if you feel richer because your home value has risen, wouldn't you want to spend more and buy a bigger house? That makes sense, right? Or does it? Right. And newsflash, as you may have heard, house prices have gone up, way up. And roughly two-thirds of American home, um, Americans are homeowners. And the land, latest S&P Case-Shiller House Price Index reflecting February data showed that annual nominal house price appreciation increased to 12%. That is the biggest gain in 15 years. Which really makes me wonder if two-thirds of American households are homeowners and their houses have grown in value, aren't they then feeling wealthier? Well, yeah, this is the kind of house price appreciation from before the housing boom. So they must be feeling a whole lot wealthier right now, right? Right. And wouldn't they want to take advantage of all of that newly acquired equity by selling and therefore add supply to this very parched market? I mean, the wealth effect that you mentioned implies that homeowners should be more likely to move if they feel wealthier because their home has appreciated. Yet, as at the end of March, existing home inventory was down 28% year over year. And we know that inventory measure isn't capturing all of the existing home sale inventory in a given month. By the way, see episode eight of our podcast for more on that. But we also know that the existing supply is low because average tenure length is at a historic high of over 10 and a half years as potential sellers continue to keep their homes off the market. So why aren't, why aren't all of these wealthier homeowners buying up? That's a great question, Odetta, but we can start with the obvious. That homeowner's house may have appreciated by 12% compared to a year ago, but so have all the other homes that they may be thinking about moving into. Remember, unlike most other economic markets, in the housing market, the seller is almost always also a buyer. So the homeowner is wealthier as a seller, but would be entering the housing market as a buyer at a time when all other homes in the area have likely appreciated by the same amount. While the homeowner's equity gains boost wealth, those gains only allow the homeowner to buy the proverbial same home, I'm air quoting here, um, as the one they're selling, rather than a bigger one. So much for feeling any wealthier. Well, that makes a lot of sense. If I'm a homeowner looking to buy a bigger and better home, it may seem that I have a lot more purchasing power because my home has appreciated, but so has the bigger and better home I'm interested in. Of course, there is an exception here in that moving from a more uh, expensive area to a less expensive area is one way for an existing homeowner to take advantage of their equity gains. In this scenario, the wealth effect can incentivize an existing owner to move out and move up to a more affordable area. But generally speaking, this wealth effect may not be enough to encourage existing homeowners to sell. But is there something that will encourage them to sell? Sure, falling mortgage rates. We seem to be talking about rates all the time. Yes. But this is so important in the housing market. When rates fall, a potential home buyer can buy the same amount of home for a lower monthly payment or buy more home for the same monthly payment. The 30-year tailwind that we've had of declining mortgage rates has allowed homeowners to buy a home at one mortgage rate and then later sell and move into a more expensive home 
when rates are lower. This is what's really driven what we refer to as housing turnover, people moving and buying homes and buying up. This long-run decline in mortgage rates has encouraged existing homeowners to move out and move up. And I just can't help but think right here of oh, the no. Jeffersons and the theme music. I'm not going to sing it. I don't want to subject our listeners to my attempt to sing things, but you know what I'm talking about. Moving on. Oh, oh, oh I got to stop. Oh, you did it, didn't you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought you were going to spare us, but there it is. Jefferson's theme music. Well, if mortgage rates encourage people to move and rates have inched up in recent months, isn't that a problem? Possibly. Um, but while existing homeowners are sitting on historically high levels of equity, and as we said, not feeling so much wealthier, many of them have also secured historically low fixed rate mortgages, right? Everyone's gone out and refinanced at three and a half, three and a quarter, below 3%. So there's this lock-in effect that increases as mortgage rates rise. Remember, all those existing homeowners are sellers and buyers. And so as they look at the market and say, well, if I want to become a buyer, I have to compare what it would cost. That tailwind of now rising mortgage rates is increasing the monthly cost of borrowing for the same amount. So why move out if you have to move down or pay more to move up? The higher the prevailing rate relative to their existing mortgage rate, the stronger that effect. So even as house prices are rising right now, rising rates could actually make homeowners think about buying actually feel less wealthy. It's not home equity that makes you wealthier in the housing market, it's declining mortgage rates, but by association, rising mortgage rates make you feel less wealthy. And that's really a problem from a supply perspective, because as we mentioned, about two thirds of all home buyers are existing homeowners. In other words, most buyers are sellers first. So if existing homeowners are staying put, that limits the available inventory of homes for sale for potential first time home buyers, because you can't buy what's not for sale. The other issue, of course, is that the record low level of homes for sale makes it difficult to find the next house to buy. So sellers, who are also prospective buyers, don't sell for the fear of not finding something to buy. We actually refer to this as the housing prisoner's dilemma, a reference to a paradox in game theory which shows why two completely rational individuals might not cooperate, even if it seems that it's in their best interest to do so. Think about it. If all sellers choose to sell, they would benefit as buyers because they would increase the inventory of homes and alleviate the supply shortage. However, the risk of selling if others don't in a market with a shortage of inventory prevents many existing homeowners from selling. The result is prices are further bid up by competition for the increasingly short supply. That's exactly what we're seeing in the market today. So in short, existing homeowners are increasingly locked into their current home, especially as rates rise and feeling no wealth effect at all as a buyer. But what about first-time homebuyers? While existing homeowners may feel locked in to their existing homes, first-time homebuyers do have a, a better situation, at least in the sense that they are not feeling any financial lock-in effect. Surprisingly, actually, while first-time homebuyers have the same challenge as existing homeowners of trying to find something to buy, that doesn't change and don't even capture the wealth caused by rising house prices. Remember, they're not homeowners, so they're not even keeping up. Um, and av even as rates are rising still, we've seen tons of first-time homebuyers out there. In fact, as of the January 2021 numbers that were released by Fannie and Freddie, over 50% or just under, sorry, just under 50% of all purchased mortgages were to first-time homebuyers. Somehow or another, they're making it work. 
And as we've discussed in a previous podcast, buying a home is often prompted by lifestyle decisions, sometimes even more so than financial considerations. So despite a likely increase in the lock-in effect if rates continue to rise, we actually still expect home sales to continue to remain robust, but not because of any economic theory of a homeowner's wealth effect. Homeowners may not be moving out and moving up, but there's a lot of millennials who still want to move in. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Reconomy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also sign up for our blog at firstam.com slash economics. And if you can't wait for the next episode, please follow us on Twitter. It's at Odetta Kushi for me and at M Fleming Econ for Mark. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Reconomy podcast from First American. For even more economic content, visit firstam.com economics. This episode is copyright 2021 by First American Financial Corporation. All rights reserved. For more information, visit us at firstam.com. <laughs>